So hello everybody, this is episode 41 of The Knowledge Shop and uh, yeah, so we missed last week because I actually was interviewing uh, a next guest and it just took me a little bit longer than I was expecting to edit that down uh, because it's really good and you'll get to hear it in a bit in a minute but I was interviewing Brandon, the Lego guy and uh, I mean, that's literally his website, so you could already start Googling it now, brandonthelegoguy.com, uh, to get a sneak peek. But anyway, that would absolutely be worth waiting for. Um, what else have I learned this week or in the last two weeks? Well, there's definitely been a lot to sort of build a fear and do it anyway, or do stuff and then get into hot water or whatever. So... Some of the vendors I've been working with definitely had a few challenges around that. I'm not going to go naming people in public, that's not fair, but um, yeah, that's definitely been a, a startup challenge this week. And uh, But also, I listened to this fantastic podcast from Jason Calacanis for this week in startups. And he was talking all about sort of community building and networking and the importance of network. And what he highlighted, and therefore I've now realised I'm doing, is the importance to like bring people around you and to have an excuse to contact people and to ask for help. And his example was that he was building a media company in the startup space. And this was, I guess, like in the 90s, noughties. And that then gave him permission to ask people, contact people and ask them for advice to interview them he'd get press passes go to events things like that and because of that he sort of then built out his network built out his network and clearly that's sort of what I'm doing just not in a deliberate manner and I'm sure when he started it he didn't realize that was going to be the case either but that's what I'm doing with a podcast and it's sort of given me permission to talk to people to have really interesting conversations and then the other thing that he said and I think this is a great tip for anybody who's looking to build out their network and, and community is to be the host because again then people will gravitate around you and you know when I'm holding my events in person I then get to have all of these conversations with really interesting people in a way that I wouldn't do if I was just an attendee and I get to curate the event the way I want to and people then come to me and again like this wasn't deliberate in the slightest but it's just sort of happened organically so that was really interesting so for anybody who's looking to build out their network their community the more you sort of host things and add value and are useful to people the more they will then want to um, return the favor uh, be open to making connections for you and i think it's probably going to pay back tenfold but like again that wasn't why i did it uh but it's just sort of naturally happened so i'll share the link to that article to that podcast because i think it was really interesting but yeah, that's all around the importance of being the host and, and building the community with you. Um, and I think that also then sort of segues quite nicely to the conversation that I had with Brandon around his startup career, his um, founder journey. And what he was doing was he was practicing his, honing his craft, if you will, within the corporate space or finding I guess like friendly guinea pigs to sort of practice on and so he now has a consultancy which basically facilitates uh, workshops for a lot of entrepreneurs to help with both 
team building, strategy development, um, breaking down sort of internal barriers through the use of Lego. And so although we don't typically have, you know, not aimed at a lot of what I would call sort of supplier type founders, I think what he's doing is super interesting given that his um, experience is actually directly related to a lot of the struggles that, that startups have. So definitely listen to that. And, and also as he just shares the sort of pain points of having to overcome building your own business, just doing things for the greater good, testing things and then sort of evolving from there. So that's going to be the interview with Brandon in a few minutes. And in the meantime, I would just say, as I say this to myself, things sometimes get scary, <laughs> but you just keep going. And actually, it made me realise when the challenges arose today that I was doing something and I built something. And there are, yes, there are challenges, but I'm still doing it. I'm still building. And so that in itself is good. So I'm actually quite pleased about that. And now my task for this week is to look at trademarks for, for the knowledge shop and to see how we go with that. I've also sent out a revised, I guess, brief for the website that I'm building, or I'm not personally building, but uh, a founder friend is helping me with uh, that will be built in Bubble. And so that's quite exciting as well. And just sort of telling more and more people about what I'm doing, getting their feedback. And one of the things that I'm sort of really trying to test out right now is like how much appetite is there for hosting events? I know there's definitely appetite for attending events, but like how many, how much do people want to host the events themselves as well? Um, I think some people do. I think some people love hosting, you know, like Airbnb, like Eat With, but it's not for everybody. And so if you know that you're the type of person who would like to host um, or have hosted like that in the past, then can you just raise your hand? Because I would love to talk to you and find out more about your motivators, um, you know, whether we whether we can do a few little tests and, and we can go from there. So with that, that's my little ask for today. And remind everybody that even when it gets scary and fearful, uh, it's only scary because you're doing something new and you're actually doing something. So there we go. Um, that's it. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Brandon, who will take it from there. Thanks so much, Faye. So, hi everybody. Today we have another special guest and I'm so excited to welcome Brandon Wettstein, um, who I have known from the very beginning of the co-working group and like, as soon as you start hearing about Brandon's journey, you're gonna be like, oh my God, wow. Like you should have like invited him on right at the very beginning of the pod because it's just amazing. Brandon works with Lego for a job. And I hadn't even realized that you'd started in the retail space. What was it for you when you're like in this corporate job, in this corporate world? What was the tipping point that said, you know what? I want to do my own thing. I said, that is a fantastic question. Uh, and I don't know if I have a specific answer. I feel like there were more like stair steps uh, that really led up to the point. And um, I, I think one of the biggest ones was 
probably back a ways, like four or five years before I started everything. I had uh, I had discovered uh, the process of design thinking. Uh, I was working for um, Target Corporation at the time, and the group I was part of, I was I brought design thinking into an operations group, which is generally not considered the most innovative, right? This is the group that makes the rules and decides what the boundaries are. I kind of fell in love with unlocking like other people. I got to see other people grow, uh, experience, uh, share their ideas, kind of play a little bit. And I kind of fast forwarded and I found the Lego thing. I read up about it. And, uh, and then when I got certified in this process, I, I think that was that final click where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to bring this to organizations. Like this is amazing. It's magical. But those two were probably the most relevant and, uh, and ones that really inspired me to kind of actually take that leap and jump out. Interesting. And so when you first heard then about Lego and, and Lego Serious Play, you weren't actually thinking about doing it as a career at the time. The application was very, was very informal and it was kind of like, a, okay, that's, that's cute. Uh, and then after reading about it and kind of digging in a little more, uh, you know, yeah, I was like, you know, this is really something I want to learn more about. And and going to the certification when I came back, I was like, okay, like I have to do something with this. But it wasn't right away. I didn't even know where to start. So it was a lot of playing in my current job, right? Letting, having other groups uh, do, you know, allow me to run workshops for them internally, um, running workshops, you know, kind of as tests and just seeing how it was received and as I kept getting more positive feedback more positive feedback more positive feedback it's like and also I really enjoyed it like I think that was one of the other key pieces they're like I'm having a great time doing this and like okay so if I can actually get paid to do this this would be a great great thing to do mm -hmm. and so we sort of talked around it quite a lot now but just for people listening like tell us what it is exactly that you do yes yes so I I really, I design and facilitate uh, custom workshops and kind of team journeys using this Lego Serious Play method. And the way it works is if people will build stories out of Lego bricks. You have a few exercises where you learn and understand how to introduce metaphor into Lego bricks. What are you, what are you great at? What are your skills? What are your abilities? What do you enjoy? Now imagine you're in a room with eight other people who are also building their identities. And then every single person shares. You have that ability to build, to share, and then reflect and understand what everyone does. And extrapolating that out to bigger questions. Well, what's your team identity? What's your organizational identity? Who are you? Who do you want to be? What's gonna get in the way of that? And this whole building process just externalizes, it pulls out like fear and all of that kind of imbalance of extroversion and introversion. It brings everyone to the table and it's fun. Suddenly you have all these models on the table that are your organization and your vision and where you wanna go. Uh, and it's just a blast, I love doing it. Uh, and so I have to ask, do you have Lego with you right now? Of course, of course. I've got some, some bricks here, I've got, uh, I've got this little duck demo I always have available. So how did you even think about and, and go about getting like your first first few customers? Oh yes, that's that. So I one of the key pieces in my story is uh, I got laid off from my job. And in, in, a, in a way that I actually knew it was coming. And even then I wasn't 100% confident I was going to do this. I was kind of going to split. I was going to, well, I was going to spend 50% of my time looking for a new job and 50% of my time. I got outplacement services as part of my separation package. 
And one of my coaches was kind of like, do you really want to do that? Like, are you going to go half at each way? And for those who don't know what outplacement services are, those are, uh, it's a, a company that in essence helps people find jobs when they're laid off. It helps with resumes and they have groups get together and talk about networking and, you know, interviewing and all the things. And, and so I would take these groups and I would have them do Lego workshops and that outplacement company, they were my first client. It was a, you know, one hour exercise for 50 people at one of their corporate kickoff things. And it didn't pay very much at all. It was just a little bit, but it was like that first one, right? That first one that you put in the bank, you're like, yes, I've got a client. Someone paid me money to do this. Like that first one, because there's, there's a confidence level too. You're like you're trying to sell something that you've never sold before. And so that's really interesting because there are, um, you know, I think that speaks a lot to almost building in public where you're, you're telling everybody what you're doing and you're bringing them along in your journey and you're practicing your elevator pitch and then the world sort of lifts up to, to support you at the same time. But then, you know, there's also that risk of trying to be all things to all people. So how, how did you then decide these are actually my ideal quote unquote customers, you know, deciding what that target demographic looks like? I, I think I'm still finding that, Tori. <laughs> it has uh, it has been a a interesting and uh, I'll even say a little bit of a befuddling journey because I think right when you when you look at that as it sounds so simple, right? Who's your ideal client? And you hear people rattle off. It's like, oh, I have a midsize, right? Thirty to fifty employees, five million and fifty million in revenue, and it all sound. It, I feel like when people say that, it sounds like they have it all figured out. And so for me, it, it was a lot of testing, um, and it was just kind of going with what I thought, and then changing course as I got new information. And so initially, my background was all in retail, and what I found though is retail was much. It was, it, was, it was hard to sell into because there was a lot of trepidation. And what I did find is technology companies uh, really became my sweet spot because one, there's just this openness. I don't even want to say openness. I want to say desire uh, to play with Legos. I think in technology companies, it's kind of like you had me at Lego. Uh, but also, um, also specifically within technology startups as well because there's this passion. They're curious and they're exciting and excited. And, and so, yeah, so I'm, but I'm still playing with it. And so would you say there are any sort of commonalities across the, the board? And maybe let's just focus on, on the um, sort of technology startups, but any sort of consistent struggles that you see? I'm just curious as to whether you've picked up any tips that might be useful for, for other founders listening to this. One of the biggest themes is, I think it's just getting everyone on the same page. Right. And, and kind of what I, what I feel happens most is uh, founders and, and leaders in these companies are, they're really looking to move fast. Right. And a lot of what I come in and do is help set up almost, I don't want to say guardrails, but it's like, it's almost like the first principles of like who we are and how we work together. And that can be difficult to outline. And I think, you know, one of the things that I found listening to various, you know, startup podcasts, including yours, uh, and other, you know, books that you read, it is, it's, it's making sure that you and the leadership team and, and your company have that, that communication capacity and this set of like, right, first principles, values, like who you are, how you work together. If you can have that outline, then the what you're doing comes a lot easier whether it's right pivoting or shifting your product or you know how you're going to market or sell yeah i mean as long as you've got that foundational like 
mutual respect and you're able to keep talking to each other, then you'll always be able to solve things. But like if the fundamentals are struggling. Um, yeah. And so like obviously you're, you're clearly naturally a very positive person, very open-minded. And I love that about you. And I think, you know, when you've got that energy, it attracts other people as well. But there have got to be days where you're like, oh, this is, this is tough today. So how do you keep going when you're having one of those days? Yes, absolutely. I think... I, honestly, I think that's probably one of the, the, the most important questions to answer. And for me, a lot of it is pausing, um, understanding like, hey, okay, knowing what you need to do that day and what's really optional. Because a, a lot of the things you do every single day, they're technically always optional, right? And, uh, and taking time to, A, I like to go for walks. Uh, get out, walk, clear the head. Um, that is kind of number one go-to. Two, uh, journaling, I found to be, it's one of those things that I like so much and it's so effective that I still only do it like 20% of the time. And I don't know why <laughs> I need to like force myself, but even sitting down and taking reflection on, have some gratitude for yourself, give yourself a little, a lot, not even a little, give yourself yes. a lot of credit for what you've done. There's always going to be that list of things. And I think it's just taking some of the time and sometimes it's taken, it's taken a half day off. And of course, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of for my clients. I'll take the day off. I'll just cut middle of the day. Uh, maybe I'll go watch a movie, right? Go see a matinee on a Wednesday at 2 p.m. because you can. That's so cool because that's just reminding you yourself that you have the power, that you're in control, and you would never normally be able to do that. So just last couple of questions. I'm curious, are there any, uh, I mean, you mentioned previously like podcasts, but are there any sort of specific tools and resources that you want to share that you use frequently that you think might help? other people in terms of either their personal growth or just being and running their business more efficiently? Wow, there's there's so many out there. Um, I think, well, one, I love I love your podcast story and uh, and your newsletter as well. I think it's it's great to have resources from um, other founders. And I think there's there's something about that because one of the things everyone will have advice for you. I think this is a, a, a something I didn't realize when I first started. Everyone has advice. Everyone. Even people who've never had their own business. And everyone intends to give you positive advice, but there's a lot of advice you should ignore out there. Because <laughs> people don't necessarily right know exactly what you're trying to do. Um, but I do find, yeah, just having certain podcasts that really speak to you. Um, so I know for me, uh, The Knowledge Project is one that I truly enjoy. That's and, the Shane uh, Parrish very, one. Very, very beneficial for me. Yes, that's the Shane Parrish one. And there's just a lot of I think wisdom in that, right? It's not necessarily always specific, but it's like, oh, here's something I can apply in my type of situation. Uh, I also really enjoy, I took an online class a while ago from a Coursera. It was called uh, The Science of Happiness with, um, I want to say it was from UC Berkeley, and I think it's still out there. And I actually, I really recommend that because I think being able to manage your happiness, like not, you're not just running a business, right? You're running you. And I think it's, it's having balance is one of the most important things. Uh, and also just find other people that have similar, maybe not similar interests, but also are on kind of that quest for knowledge. And then yeah, get, get books, get resources from those people, find those people that you trust. Uh, Cause it'll, it'll take a lot of time out of you searching for, right? Those yeah, well. no, um, and thank you. I'll link to those in the show notes. And it was funny, I was just thinking, somebody said yesterday, you know, Exactly as you were saying there, there are lots of people offering advice, um, but they also said, um, you know, take that advice based on how big a stake they, they have in your company. 
And so you can't treat it all equally. You know, you have to filter it and, and decide what's the most important to take on. And ultimately, you're the person who has the biggest stake in the company. And so you have to use your judgment and, and know, you know, which to listen to when. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, how much advice. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so let's let's wrap it there. So let's just leave everybody with, um, do you want to give like a little elevator pitch, just remind them what it is you're up to, how they can find you, and we'll link to everything again in the show notes. But before we do that, thank you again so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, I hope you get to go make a duck or play hooky after 12 o'clock. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so folks can find me at uh, brandonthelegoguy.com. Uh, and, yeah, you know, if you have a, a, a team, a group of people that you want to connect in a creative and new way or there's a challenge you're looking at that just needs a totally fresh perspective, I can custom build a workshop for you that is fun, enjoyable, and is going to get you insights you would actually be amazed by. So uh, you can find me, brandonthelegoguy.com, and uh, I think my social is at innatecreate. That's I-N and the number 8, create.com. Well, there you go, guys. That was Brandon, the Lego guy. Thanks so much, Brandon.